Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris. And today we're going to do another installment in our series, Beatle Friends. But this one's also uh, kind of a tribute to someone uh, Chris knows very well as Brian Frederick Arthur Hines, (laughs) otherwise known as Denny Lane. So, yeah, Denny Lane, best known for his work in Wings, uh, was born October 29th, 1944, and died at the end of last year, December 5th, 2023, at the age of 79 in Naples, Florida, not far from where I used to live. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to take the opportunity today to uh, give you an overview of Uh, Denny Lane's life and works and focus particularly on, obviously, for the subject of this podcast, uh, his work with Paul McCartney and Wings. So, uh, Chris, you can get us started. You you did a lot of work this week, really digging into Denny's life and works. A lot of his solo records, I listened to all of them, (laughs) kind of skim through a few of them, but uh, I did give at least one listen to each of his official solo album releases now you'll get very if if you're out there and you're where do i start with denny lane you'll get very lost very easily if you go on to streaming because many of his regular release albums aren't available streaming at all uh like ah lane and holly days and anyone can fly but you can you can find all of them on youtube obviously uh but on streaming it's just a bunch of re-recordings and collections and it's like is this an official thing or is this a thrown together thing just for streaming it's very confusing so so that's that's what i noticed too i was looking on spotify and i just kept seeing how many versions of band on the run and uh, go now and and go now the same things that he just keeps doing over and over now he did do some official re-recordings yeah of some of his old stuff. He even did a Japanese Tears again, a mm. re-recording. He did a, a Wings at the Sound of Denny Lane, which is all wing, <laughs> wing songs. For yeah, he did like I heard him singing silly love songs and yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some there's some stuff out there to to check into. I'll give you a hey, listen to this one. Hey, mm, shy okay. away from these uh, uh, when we get to the solo albums but i think the biggest thing i take from denny lane is he just seemed to be a very nice guy and always seemed to be willing to participate in beetle fests they had a a, a 97 i think uh him and juber and steve holly had a little wings reunion at beetles fest in new jersey and then Appeared again in 2014, 2017, 2018, 2019. So, all and and I, I saw some interviews with him later in his life when he's touring with the 
the uh, Denny Lane band, I think is what mm-hmm. it was called. Yeah. And he just always seemed like so nice. So like willing to talk to fans and participate with, you know, not uh, somebody who's very precious about like, Oh, I was in wings. I was, yeah, I'm no, a no. big deal. You know, he just would just be very like, very, very nice to interviewers, very nice to fans, very nice to people in general. So, and, and I think that started from way back in his early days because I saw some interview and it really struck me. I was like, how did, because I was thinking, how did it get to the point where Denny Lane, the Paul McCartney would think of Denny Lane to be in wings. And I think it came back from the Moody Blues days when the Moody Blues were just starting he and the early moody blues would have a lot of parties i guess (laughs) yeah so because there was there's some interview where he's talking a lot about just oh yeah these guys would come over and they'd be you know and we all get really drunk and you know sometimes (laughs) sometimes you're concerned about them going home and stuff because we're all drinking so much so you know yeah you know a couple things you mentioned there i think probably well if you look at the history he's the only only member of Wings besides Paul and Linda to be there the whole way through. Yeah. And I think that he, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording, but he's kind of the consummate sideman or the consummate, uh, not, not the out front guy. And he's, he's just kind of like, uh, you know, George Harrison would say like, or Ringo ring, actually more Ringo Ringo would say, I, I like being in a band. I just like to play with people and have a good time. And I think, that strikes me as a good way to look at Denny because even even though he did sing lead on some of those some wing songs, some moody blues songs, and had solo career, uh, the, he seems best when he's working at the side of Paul or in the moody blues. So yeah, and his yeah. his guitar talents, his guitar talents and his vocal talents are best melding with yeah, other, exactly others uh, uh, not to say that when he does sing lead on you know go now and a couple other uh tunes that he doesn't do a fantastic job on it but when he has to carry the whole thing himself just doesn't quite and it's 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 sort of like wh- who is Denny? like what is his talent yeah yeah it, it's sort of like not obvious no it's a little a little <laughs> anonymous know? or kind of faceless because yeah. yeah. As a voc- as a vocalist, he has a he has a nice voice, a very pleasant voice, but it's not a strong no voice, not a very extremely dynamic. Can hit the although although in Japanese tears he attempts to hit the high highs. <laughs> um, you know, it's the range isn't crazy, no. and it's and it's softer voice, kind of like a kind voice, kind of a, kind nice, of a little pleasant, wispy, yeah. yeah, pleasant wispy voice. And then I struggled throughout listening to all of his works to really find a distinct guitar sound or style. Yeah. He just seems to be a real good, solid, fill-in-the-gaps rhythm guitarist, uh, uh, maybe a little solo here and there, but not not... I mean, if you think about the wing solos, you're thinking about my love you're thinking about other people the mcculloch's yeah yeah yeah. you're not thinking about his guitar solos so when you get to his solo works often it completely doesn't even 
bother with the guitar and it's a lot of keyboards ill-advisedly <laughs> uh, uh, because you know gives the keyboard sounds to everybody else now he could play keyboards too and he would he played a little keyboards actually on a couple of the paul salams yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that as well but and um, wings over america you can see him playing keyboards yeah yeah, yeah. so so it, you know he could play different instruments and he could he could like like i said fill in the gaps when yeah when needed but i think as a distinct guitar sound guitarist i don't ever see him showing up on top 100 guitarists or oh, anything no like way. that i think he's just a solid guitarist and not a virtuoso you know no, no. Uh, uh with a very 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 distinct sound to him right and so let's yeah let's go back to the moody blues here and kind yeah. of run through the pre-wings stuff so he as you mentioned he was only in he was a founding member of the moody blues but only for a brief time was he actually in the group yeah he plays on the first album and some singles the first album magnific the magnificent <laughs> moody's which by the way if you go to your streaming and you go to the magnificent moody's you're going to get the magnificent moody's and you're also going to get all the solo uh singles from the era so you basically it's a one-stop shop <laughs> don't need to go anywhere else for your denny lane because he left the group right after yeah. so it's uh, and it, obviously the the song he's best known for is the one that he sang in all the wings concerts was go now and yeah. i found it interesting i i had, maybe i'm a fool for not knowing this but i didn't realize that that's a cover that the moody blues didn't even write that song and that's mm. That's uh, it's by Bessie Banks uh, who sang the song. So that was something unusual. They always say, "Oh, it's a Moody Blues song." Well, it's like saying "Twist and Shout" is a Beatles song. I mean, yeah, it, yeah they made it famous, but yeah. they didn't write it or or come up with it. So, but yeah, yeah. it's kind of a it, that's a good song and and certainly stands out. It's got an interesting meter, kind of a waltz feel, a six eight feel, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, sings well. Yeah, and from then on, it would be associated with him. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even the Moody Blues, really. No. It's just him. Just Denny. He sang it, so then he goes to Wings, and he sings it live right. all the time in Wings, and, you know, obviously famously on uh, uh, Wings Over America. Yeah. So, very good version there. That's probably the version for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, You can get a second version on that streaming. You can get a couple of the, like, the earliest take kind of version that maybe made it onto a single and then and then the the regular album version of that on the magnificent moody's the rest of the magnificent moody's is okay <laughs> it's it's i think the moody's at that time it's the moody blues and i think that they're trying to be just like when the rolling stones started or whatever yeah, yeah. trying to be a blues band that they, they've got a james brown song on here they've got two james brown songs they've got uh, some some originals some written by lane and and mike pinder uh on, on it. it it's a little it's a, it just feels like a band that's not quite formed yet and then once denny lane leaves obviously they became something quite different uh a little a lot more sort of orchestral prog rock very like i don't know i i don't really like the 
pompous regular <laughs> moody blues very much to be honest no. with you even though i said that i <laughs> i do own i didn't pay for and own a, a box set of theirs which is great <laughs> so for yeah. a band i don't even really like that much but you know obviously they'd gone to big success with knights in white satin and you know uh ride my seesaw which i hate that song <laughs> couple other songs like that and then tuesday afternoon and oh yeah yeah you know, all that so they they turned they turned it in more i would say syrupy direction <laughs> after this this original i saw something that said uh with lane and uh someone else who had left the band i forget who uh they had a little more edge mm. it was a little rougher sounding a little rockier sounding well, I would agree with the rough side yeah. of it. I thought the the production was really poor on those <laughs> early that those that er, those early Moody Blues songs sounds real rough on the production, yeah. like very over over modulating microphones mm. and just yeah muddy guitars and ugh. yeah yeah. Well, uh, they'd get better at their production. That's for yes, sure. that's for but sure. That's for sure. You know, all <laughs> the all the orchestral yeah. flourishes and stuff. Not my cup of tea, but. No. Uh, um, um, no, I, so, I, now I've, I've, I realized we've already ticked off somebody <laughs> out there who I loves know. the Moody Blues so much. I know. I right, know. my seesaw is their favorite song. So, well, I'll so. be interested to know if if anyone's favorite band is the Electric String Band because <laughs> that's where Denny went next. And uh, what are your yeah, well, what do you know the, about them? That's the other thing is I think it's like the Moody Blues. It was sort of at the time he was in it was sort of like a blues rock thing and then this electric string band which is like the next thing he's in is like total total flower powery sounding <laughs> ask the people is their big their big song and and it, it just doesn't really uh no. you know kind of a strange and they I, they didn't really they weren't around very long no they just played a few gigs and and recorded a couple songs and then they were done and then he released a couple singles on his own as solo artist. Say You Don't Mind with Ask the People as a B-side. And Too Much in Love with Catherine Will in 68. So this is 67, 68. And they're sort of of the era. Not not <laughs> like... I'd Say You Don't Mind, he would go on and play and play yeah, live. Yeah. And re-record a dozen times, of course. <laughs> yeah, Say You Don't Mind is a good song. Uh, but it like, didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. Just, so huh. then he tries to join a band... Oh, what a what a great name for a band. Dave's favorite name for a band ever. <laughs> Balls. Balls. <laughs> so Well, and this was interesting. I remember way back when we were talking doing our there's uh, it's funny how our podcast topics and people intersect because I remember when we were doing our friend of the show, super friend of the show Jeff Lynn episode, mm -hmm. we had a segment on the move. That's and, right. Uh at this time Denny Lane and Trevor Burton would, who would later go on to the move, would uh, be in balls together, uh, <laughs> and just and all these groups were they almost sort of like switching hands all the time, or just like filling in here and there, and nothing yeah. was couldn't stick. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, I guess balls recorded a full album and then yeah. never released it. So, right. and it's never ever been released. I guess. No. I mean, I'm sure you can find it somehow. I, I, it's strange. It seems just like a lot of stops and starts. Like here he is in the Moody Blues, which we all know the Moody Blues, but he quits and then he joins this electric string band and then it doesn't happen. 
And then mm-hmm. singles don't go anywhere. And then balls doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, hard to believe with a name like that, that they yeah. weren't top of the charts. So it seems like he's his career's been kind of a mess up to this point. Yeah. And so it's strange that the next thing he does is he joins a, a super group. But it's not the super group you're thinking. It's Ginger Baker's Air Force. Right. Which I have the Ginger Baker's Air Force first record. I, You know, it's Ginger Baker. Steve obviously. Winwood. Well, it's basically yeah. Blind Faith with all these other people from Traffic. and Yeah. Uh, and it's a different lineup in the first yeah. the first album and the second album. But Denny uh, it takes lead uh, on a couple of tracks on the first out record, which is the one I have, Early in the Morning and Man of Constant Sorrow. Those are both traditionals, uh, re, you know, rearranged for the uh, group. And I got to say, a, a pretty pleasant listen to both of those. And he, he did a good job of uh, uh, le- leading lead vocaling those two songs ginger bakers air force they just have those two records which i guess they made the same year yeah 1970 and so what's next dave oh here we go here we go well he joined we're we're making our wings signs here uh yeah 1971 he joins wings and as we said remains with them for 10 years until they broke up so how did he meet paul and linda and get involved in wings well if you if you go to the uh mccartney legacy volume one a, a very valuable although the in, lack of an index like i would quibble about but a very yeah. valuable resource here if you go to page 278 and get the whole in a nutshell kind of history of denny lane including how balls didn't work <laughs> out oh um yeah but uh I'll I'll read you on page 280. Paul knew that Lane was currently not in a band and thought that the breadth of his musical experience, plus the fact that he was a decent guitarist with a strong voice Hmm. and already a friend, made him an ideal prospect for the new band. What Paul did not know that was Lane was broke, homeless, (laughs) sleeping in the back room of... uh, this other guy's office and then he was trying to keep uh body and soul together with a tin pan alley job writing songs and recording demos and sx musics in the hope that other artists would record them and uh earn him some royalties he was writing a, a song when paul telephoned the phone goes this is a denny talking uh the phone goes and as though he'd been seeing me every day for the past 10 years he says Hi, man. What are you doing? I said, <laughs> who's that? Paul. Paul who? He went, Paul, you know. And then <laughs> I dust out who it was. And he says, well, what's happening? And I said, oh, well, I've just, you know, I've done this album Ram as though he didn't know that I know that he'd done an album. I says, yeah, I've heard of it. Go on. <laughs> Uh, Paul told Denny he was about to form a band and he invited the studio uh, players he had recorded with in New York, but that the only drummer uh, wanted to do it uh, had asked uh, straight out, you fancy doing something? <laughs> Basically, I was having trouble with my manager, Lane said, trying to make it again, but not really going out of my way. And I was not getting the results the kind that I wanted. Anyway, Paul just happened to call me up. It was the weekend that I just finished some of the mixes from the album. So when he called it, he just said, thank Christ for that. 
I have so many <laughs> to work with that I have to explain any anything, everything to. So that was the decider, really. Just one of those things of fate. Wow. So right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. So it worked out yeah. right when he right when he desperately needed it. He was kind of homeless at the time. Yeah. He joins uh, Wings and never looks back. No. Uh, um, you, huh. you know, obviously, it plays on all of the albums. Um, let's go through the albums just quickly. He doesn't yeah. and just just kind of talk about what he, if he sings lead vocals on a couple of these tracks, has some co-writing credits, right? On a few of them. So no leads on Wildlife, right? No, nothing on the Wildlife. That's all Paul and Linda. Yeah. And then same with the final cut of Red Rose. But uh, I Lie Around and I Would Only Smile, obviously those came out uh, in the in the you know re-release here uh, yeah. in the last 10 years of, of uh, the Archive series. The Archive uh, series. Yeah. And also I Lie Around was the B-side of Live and Let Die. So that's right. You would, that's right. You would hear, although that's not a Lane song, Denny just sings. It's yeah. a McCartney song, but... But Denny sings. I, th- I think that was the first song that that, that had a, a member of Wings lead singing on. So it, that was kind of important. And then Band on the Run, which we'll bring up Band on the Run at the end of the episode. Yes, again. yes. Casso's last words and no words. He wrote, co-wrote that one as well. So yeah, so he started that one, and then Paul came in to finish it up. And, yeah. Uh, uh, then on Venus and Mars, of course. You got you gotta have your spirits of ancient Egypt. Yeah, one so of, this, one of your favorites. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> there's some good uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> ooze on there. Yeah, another. I believe that's. I don't know if that's a. I think that's a McCartney song again that Denny mm-hmm. sings on. Uh, but but that one actually works really well. I think we talked about it during the Wings Over America. A lot of those songs did much better when they were performed live, and that was a pretty good one in concert actually i think yeah yeah and speaking of in concert a uh, time oh. to hide from oh yeah Vincent speed of sound he he uh nails that one in concert real real yeah a uh, feature piece and then a song i really like his vocals on which is uh the note you never wrote i thought i think that's probably one of my favorites of that he sings yes uh, although yeah. again i think that's a is that a paul written that's a mccartney song and and then and then obviously in wings of over america he does go now yeah. and time to hide on that and he um, sings richard Corey, which is a paul simon song uh that he insisted that they cover oh yes yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think of richard court Corey? is it your uh, favorite wings thing no i <laughs> <laughs> i like the simon and garfunkel version that's a nice folksy song but mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's most known on the Wings Over America album for him saying, inserting John Denver's name in there at the end. London Town, he's all over London Town. Yeah. Uh, co-writing London Town, co-writing uh, Don't Let It Bring You Down, and then also writing and also singing on Children, Children. Kind of a forgettable song for Children, yeah. children overall, but <laughs> Deliver Your Children, probably a little better known with that that uh riff that yeah 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 <laughs> so we haven't talked much london town because we've been waiting 
Well, because we're we're still enjoying our 1993 remastered copy. <laughs> yeah, you want to get the good out of the yeah. 1993 remastered copy. Yeah. But now, yawn. Thirty-one years. Yeah. Later. Still, still on that one. Insane. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the biggest selling song of all time. Oh yeah. Just so happens that he uh, co-wrote the biggest selling song of all time. Mull of Kintyre. Right. Have yeah, we talked that... much about Mull of Kintyre? I think a little bit no, on the seven inch singles. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, we talked about it a little bit. We haven't done an actual analysis of the song because it's not on an album. So uh but yeah, that I think that the royalties off of that song probably allowed him to live and retire from wings very comfortably. Yeah. Because that was in, right until the end of his life, which is sort of sad as we'll wrap up with the last couple of months were quite mm. sad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was really Mulv Kintyre was huge. And then the final wings album, he, he was also pretty involved and in back to the egg. We really don't want to talk about the final no. wings album. Do we? No, no, we don't. We, <laughs> no, no, we will. <laughs> we will. He was, you know, he was obviously uh, very involved in that. And of course the song again and again and again. Yeah. is the big uh, highlight feature. And he, I think he would play that, many times live yep. in his uh, career through the rest of his days. So, um, but overall, uh, you know, he's, he was with the group the whole time and not just that, but before we get to his solo stuff, just wanted to mention he's all over tug of war and pipes of peace. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like he's stuck with Paul <laughs> a little longer. Yeah, uh, and and he, he is. I think he's credited on every song on Pipes of Peace, and then on many songs on Tug of War. Uh, yeah, because a lot of those songs were supposed to be Wings songs, and then Paul had his misfortune in Japan, and yeah. eventually disbanded Wings, and it sort of fell apart. But but yeah, there are there are a lot of bootlegs, and some of those songs came out on the archive sets for Pipes yeah. of Peace and Tug of War. But yeah, they they, they were. Danny Lane was on a lot of those tunes. So it was like you say, kind of, he wasn't done with Paul yet. Yeah. It seems like after that, they drifted apart. I don't think yeah. there was ever any kind of like, man, screw Danny Lane. <laughs> or, you know what? I'm sick of Paul McCartney or anything yeah. like that. Any kind of big negativity. At least they were gentlemanly enough that if there was, they wouldn't talk about it. Right, exactly. But, but there's nothing else other than one random tune, I think, that where he plays with Paul. Now, he does play on All Those Years Ago. Right, right. And then all of them play, of course, on McGear. Yeah. Eventually, we'll talk about McGear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then there's some participation he has on Wide Prairie when it when Wide Prairie com comes out. Or Linda. For Linda, and and you know, and then he guest appears on some other minor things, Steve Holly's album, and some other. Yeah, things. summing up his contributions to Wings. So you know, we've got the the consummate sideman, a couple of songs, a couple of co-writes. You know, what 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 do you attribute his longevity? Because you know, you're we talking before the podcast about how all these people came in and out of the group. There's so many lineup changes, yet he stayed. So. He must have been a good hang. 
Yeah. Do you think, affability. Do you think, yeah. Affability. And do you think Paul found him not threatening in a way? So he, he was sort of like a steady hand, but not somebody who would challenge or. Yeah. That, uh, that's interesting. You, you mentioned that. Cause I've, I've been list, re- reading the Lou, Anthony DeCurtis book on Lou Reed and, hmm. and just read about how, you know, Lou basically wanted John Cale out of the group because John Cale was sort of his equal. Oh, yeah. He replaced John Cale with young <laughs> Doug Ewell, right. who was definitely not his equal, and he could, like, make do whatever he wanted to do. Hmm. And then it kind of backfired because the manager of the group started to favor Doug Ewell because Lou Reed was too difficult to deal with. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> let's just make this Doug Ewell's group. That would be a lot better for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so, so, but uh, yeah, there could be something to that. But I, I just think if you've got somebody and they're very affable and they're happy to take the lead if if need be, but they're not really pushy and pu- pushing for like give me more songs or or being being real demanding, uh, to demanding or anything more spotlight. like that. Yeah, and he he had shown that he could work with other groups and right. balls and all these other. <laughs> Groups, mega groups like Ball, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that I think he was just, you know. But I think his main greatest contribution to Wings, same with Linda, are the uh, background, yeah, back of vocals on all of the songs, yeah, because you can have a distinct mix between Denny Lane and uh, Linda McCartney's voices that are as is not to be found anywhere else. Uh, quite so well and and consistent throughout all of their work uh, is wonderful and in many many places is just fantastic silly love songs that's the thing i was just gonna say think of yeah that song you you hear denny taking the lead on the background on the when they have the different parts and then linda and it's it's a great blend the three of them together yeah don't let it bring you down yeah you know Um, like just think of many 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 songs i could just list and you just immediately can hear the backup vocals being uh, amazing so i i think that that's his number one greatest thing is making all these wings albums are good albums yes and a lot of the reason that they're good albums is because the vocal harmony stuff works real well yeah i I would agree with that i think that's a good way to sum him up as guitar so, as a guitarist, uh, like I said, is sort of a nondescript. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a fair, <laughs> capable guitarist, sure, but no, nothing where you're like, "Oh, what is this? It's way out of tune." So, right. No. Right. <laughs> now. Now here's the tough part. So now we've got to yeah. get to all these solo albums. Yeah. So I'll just kind of rip through them. I'll make some comments. A few of these comments are going to be slightly negative about them. But that's because they're not a lot of these are not great albums. I've heard some people say, Oh, all of these solo albums, oh, so great. But there was one commenter that I think had it perfectly, which was this solo work in general is has a lot of potential, but is like ruined with terrible production issues. Mm. Uh, so that's not the case on all these, though. So his first solo album is called Ah Lane. 
and uh it's not bad it's a little hit and miss he's wearing a wings shirt on the cover but there's no help from wings people on this one uh a couple of the weirder titles on this uh, there's one song called don't try you'll be refused and another song okay. called sons of elton haven brown so kind of a kind of a weird album kind of a strange album i'm not sure what they were going for in the release of the album um and then 1977 this one is probably the one that uh wings fans will definitely want to at least give a listen to and why because paul and linda are both on it uh but it's called holidays and if you remember around that time ish paul uh and his production company bought rights to all the buddy holly co catalog so this is 100 buddy holly covers and it was recorded at rude studios so it's sort of got that fun sort of four track paul playing a lot of it and you can definitely hear him on the backup vocals so it's not it's not too bad and it's probably of all these things we list here the one to go seek out and actually take a listen to. So I'd never really listened to it until now. And it's kind of a weird album because it's, first of all, extremely short. I don't yeah. even think it runs a half hour. No, uh, it's very short and rough in a weird way. Like there are, yeah. I think two songs where they just forget the lyrics and start over, or they kind of <laughs> like hard to get going out of the gate. Like they were, sharing some substances or something and just having a good time <laughs> hanging around singing yeah. songs well they were at paul's studio so in this house so yeah, yeah I, I can understand but but yeah i mean there's some nice stuff on it and some tunes you'll know like it's so easy and rave on and uh you know a lot of, if you like buddy holly look at me some good buddy holly tunes so it's interesting to hear their take on it yeah then then there comes a sound called Japanese Tears. Yeah, that's and kind of an infamous one. Origin of the song Japanese Tears is it's written from the perspective of a fan who is heartbroken when the Wings tour was canceled in Japan and, and that we would never be able to play in Japan as Wings. But it's sort of like an odds and sods type album uh, referring to the the who album that's sort yeah. of like just like some stuff that were b-sides and unreleased tracks it sort of just feels like a thrown together kind of like so there's some wings participation on it like i could only smile is on this yeah but it's a really weird album there's a, <laughs> uh, uh, especially his, the title song his, is real kind of yeah it really Start. doesn't age well. Um, and Thank his you for wife, saying that. His wife, Jojo, sings one of the tracks. Is short. I think they were only married for like whenever they were recording this album, too. Yeah. Just very strange kind of through to it's through it together. So kind of a strange album there. So and, and so you've got three. He's released three albums and only one of them you could say is like a real album. I mean, one of them is a covers album. Another one's a throw together whatever I've got in the closet album. <laughs> so at least I, anyone can fly 1982, which is his first real solo album, is a real album with us. And it's a solid effort. Guitar, the guitar solos um, work uh, certainly more focused than some of his stuff up to then. 
and it it was actually produced by Hurricane Smith, oh, who yeah. was an engineer for some of the Beatles albums. So yeah, uh, and the early Pink Floyd albums. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but it's a very weird song on it called "Various Shapes and Forms." <laughs> not bad, not bad. Now, Hometown Girls, nineteen eighty-five. Wings on My Feet, 1987. Lonely Road, 1988. And All I Want is Freedom, 1990. I have the same note for all of them. Weak overall because of these terrible keyboards. And Wings on My Feet has Rick Wakeman even playing oh, keyboards. And wow. which you'd think would make the keyboards better, but they don't. They just sound so... It, I mean, you know, we say 80s production and we make fun of the Lou Reed bass sound. <laughs> we make fun of the not real drum sound. Yeah. It is so prevalent on these albums. And he plays scant little guitar. Whenever he plays guitar on it, it's like, oh, oh, there's some guitar. Because <laughs> you're just and and so so whether or not the songs are good on these albums, they're kind of like wrecked by the production and uh, you know, uh, there's a, like Wildest Dream on All I Want is a good song. Uh, um, you know, there's there's a couple good songs in those in those four albums, but it's just if I tried from Lonely Road, that's a good song, but uh, pretty weak, <laughs> pretty weak, <laughs> and it's all because of the keyboards. And then he can't, he doesn't have the vocal chops to like overcome the production. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of like all four of these. Back to back to back to back, all recorded mm. between 85 and 90 are kind of poor. Now, stuck in the middle of that is something called Master Suite from 1988, which is an instrumental all guitar. Uh, so it's certainly a better listen than those, <laughs> those other four. You know, and sometimes people are like, yeah, don't say 80s production was fine. And don't don't blame right. everything on 80s production. But here I think you really can say man if they just could have if they just could have recorded these like songs properly yeah with yeah. with good sounding i mean it sounds really some of the keyboarding and stuff is amateurish ooh sounding it's like they got a casio keyboard <laughs> and found the you know went to number 2 or something and then <laughs> And then recorded the whole album that way. It's just like it's really awful, really crazy. So, so those are rough listens. And the the hometown girls uh, cover is pretty funny because it's like a bunch of girls in oh, total yeah. '80s hair. Oh my god! Look at uh, that! Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're Denny. staring over at Denny, and Denny's like kind of ignoring him and taking a phone call. And he's holding like the weirdest guitar I've ever seen. Yeah. Which is we're... odd because he doesn't even play guitar. Barely. <laughs> so it's really. There is one lyric from the uh, song Cruisin' uh, from Hometown Girls. And, it, and the lyric says, I want to see you twisted like an eel. Ooh. Okay. Really, really clunky lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then he had a couple more uh, records, Reborn in 96, much better songs on that one. Uh, but sometimes a, a few of them still drug down by the production. But mm. uh, Fanfare and In Time are both good songs on that one. Uh, and then he, he re-recorded a bunch of Wings songs for 1996 al album Wings at the Sound of Denny Lane. It's a funny yeah. title. 
Yeah. Uh, Mullen Kintyre, Time to Hide, listen and listen to what the man says and silly love songs and a few of those. So not not bad, but none of them are better than the original. No, like and, why? You wonder why, yeah. especially for the yeah. songs that aren't even his. Sort yeah. of like I think why? it's just to make a fan's buck. Yeah, exactly. On that one. So yeah. but um, and then the blue musician in 08. So I kind of, I, and it's very, very similar to Master Suite, and it's all instrumental, all guitar album, and again, much better. So if I had recommendations, it would be take a listen to Holly Days. Just uh, for the Paul and Linda for the assistance. Paul and Linda of it. Yeah. Listen to the first song on Japanese Tears just for, uh, to, it's Cringe. weird. It's <laughs> very weird. And then, and then I really kind of do like, master suite and the blue musician so hmm. it's pretty good now there's a dozen like i said there's a dozen more re-recorded yeah you know versions of his stuff blue knights rock survivor the masters blue wings the ultimate collection you know it's like all these yeah. different like thrown together kind of like great compilations and i'm not even sure and then there's a, it seems like he re-recorded some of his albums, which happens a lot uh, these days where an artist, the most famous one being your favorite, being from Kansas City, Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Re-records <laughs> her full album so that she can get the correct amount of money from these mm -hmm. recordings instead of it all going to some scumbag. Yeah, yeah. That, that messed messed up the pay deals you know right. I, I heard denny talking about how oh now that there's the internet you can directly interact with the fans and you can record something and put it on the internet and sell it directly to the fan and you can actually make a little bit of money instead of it all going to the pockets of some big corporation or something right or even small i mean most of these albums were released on small labels like president magnum force yeah, I've never even heard of these labels. <laughs> Peacock Records. Yeah. And then, the you know, to kind of wrap up the story with him, it, that you said uh, his last real album was 2008, I think, or uh, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So then really in the next uh, 10 years or so, went on these nostalgia tours and went to the, con the fan conventions and kind of was the nice guy at, at, at a lot of these places. And sadly... He had COVID in 2022 and then had a bunch of surgeries for lung issues, yeah. a collapsed lung. And then uh, there was even, and you had sent me right about, I don't know, just a few days, a week before he died, there was a, a GoFundMe page because we suddenly heard that he had no health insurance, which I found very odd. Yeah. And uh, they had a concert, a benefit concert in California and Hollywood. Uh, yeah. just the 27th and then a lot the, of great a lot of great yeah. people playing on that and yeah. and and i we had a video of the there's a somewhere on youtube is a video of the whole concert so you yes. can watch, it's sort of a fan film yeah. video of it but you can watch the whole thing and there's a lot of great people on it yep. and yeah i think denny sywell was there denny sywell yes yeah some of some other people he oh. played with so yeah yeah and then just on a few days later on december 5th uh, he died of of lung disease at 79. So, yeah. uh, and he'd only been married to his second wife since July of last year. So just a few months. Yeah. So kind of a sad uh, ending to the story. And there were lots of tributes. And Paul had a nice uh, 
long tribute comment to him and uh overall an interesting career i i, I want to say in some ways he was in the right place at the right time for some things and then had some yeah. really bad instincts or or seemed to not be in the right yeah. place for like others. let me leave the moody blues yeah before they make it big right let me right. spend a lot of time recording balls and then it does nothing <laughs> probably be partially because of the stupid name of the group yeah you know uh but wings he certainly saw wings the opportunity it was yeah. and jumped on board and it wasn't easy no, in, no at the beginning where he's get they're getting bad reviews and playing this university tour not you know but they certainly got huge yeah oh yeah and he he his profile yeah. certainly raised a lot so yeah. so uh yeah and his solo work it's very touch and go yeah mostly go <laughs> go now go now but, uh um but there's yeah. some there's some there's some uh uh hidden gems in there and some it, it, certainly like some of the records were enjoyable listens yeah, uh, a lot of them weren't, but it, it wasn't <laughs> any Lane's fault that they weren't. You know, you know what yeah. I mean. It was sort of like, yeah, like that fan said. Th this fan was like, man, I wish I we could just go re-record all these albums right. for you. Like, take your vocals, take whatever parts you played on them, uh, keep those, and then just re-record the whole rest of it because it is, it's very like some of them the. Oof. the keyboards and stuff Bad. certainly i mean if it, we're t talking about beetle friends the 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 other just thing just in general beetle friends what better friend to paul mccartney as oh, far yeah. as like paul resuscitating his own career to be able to get wings together and keep them together if denny lane had quit around that when everybody else quit right before band on the run <laughs> it would just be like all right well i guess i'm the solo artist now yeah right right um and instead it, it wings stayed together wings got got stronger were wings over europe and america you know we're, we're still going pretty strong when they broke up it wasn't because of that they weren't like playing well or, no, or no. anything like that there's our uh, tribute to Denny Lane and a, a, a true Beatle friend, certainly to Paul McCartney. And so before we wrap up, you mentioned you wanted to say something about uh, Band on the Run here, which will be coming out in the the underdubbed mixes and the half-speed master in just a couple of weeks now. We're recording on January 21st, so it will be coming yeah. out soon. So, yeah, so they have announced... 50th sort of once again not on the right year but 50th anniversary <laughs> so they did they're doing you can get the half speed master which is available to purchase on amazon uh but then there's a two disc version which is only available through the paul mccartney website which is running you 50 bucks but 50 if you divide that's 25 buck a record uh, but you've got the band on the run and you've got the underdubbed mix, but it'll be shipping on two on the 2nd of February. And I bought, and I bought it. Dave. Oh, you so did. I broke down. Uh, I bought it. Broke down. Well, so it's coming. 
and uh, we'll we'll <laughs> get the full review when uh, Chris gets yeah. his copy. But I I did see on Friday yesterday or a couple of days ago that they released a video of Mamunia uh, to uh-huh. commemorate like a a new yep. uh, kind of animated version of Mamunia. So there the publicity is starting to appear for that. And yeah. there was a a kind of disgruntled YouTube fan who said. I can't believe this is the seventh time I have to buy this album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. She, she was really irritated at the, well, at all these reissues. Well, I got I'll just say I, the half speed master, I bought the Ram half speed master and I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. You, I bought the McCartney half speed master. I got the Ram one. You got the Ram one and we both like our half speed yeah. masters. So I really was like, okay, whenever the band on the run half speed master comes out, because I've got an old kind of crappy copy of it, I was definitely going to get it. Uh, so I kind of like the additional, okay, you get the half speed master and you get a second uh, disc. You might not listen to it as much, but it is at least something you haven't heard. True. True. New mix of not a new mix, but a different mix. Yeah. of of this so it's interesting yeah i think surely we will uh finally do a I, we've never done a full review of band on the run no not we've just been just hit or miss songs the singles and we've yeah you know way way back we talked about it a little bit but not in any kind of detail so yeah i think we'll be excited to get into it which should be upcoming since the Albums will be released in early February, right before the 60th anniversary of the Beatles coming to America. So lots of of stuff going on in the next few weeks in the Beatle world. So we will be with you every step of the way. That's right. Thanks, as always, for listening. And if you have any comments, uh, I mentioned on our Facebook page, but uh, you can, uh, at the end of each show, we're going to do kind of an audience mailbag or sort of a, a... reader or listener responses uh, so if you have anything uh, any response you'd like to share with us you can email me at uh, i've got a beatles podcast at hotmail.com and we will take a look through them uh, or you can also leave a, a voice message if you like that's always fun yep. and we can play your voice uh, and then respond how do, how do they do that that the instructions are yeah. in the Facebook? Yeah, the easiest thing to do is uh, to either record on your phone with voice memos, or you can use a free program, uh, Vocaroo, V-O-C-A-R-O-O, yeah. .com, which is extremely easy, and you can just send the link, uh, and we'll look forward to hearing your responses. Uh, you can start right away with this episode and let us know your thoughts on Denny Lane, the consummate friend of Paul McCartney. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks as always for listening and we'll be back at you soon with a new episode.